comics, TV, movies, video games, and more. The Comic and Culture Cast. Holy, I wish Walter White was my chemistry teacher, Batman. It's time for the Comic and Culture Cast. This is Les, your marvelous Marvel guy. And I may not be from the Capitol, but I'm your DC guy, Joshua. Alright, so as we mentioned in previous episodes, we're going to be discussing and reviewing older franchises that we haven't really covered before on this podcast. So, during this episode, we're going to be talking about Breaking Bad, as well as the sequel movie, El Camino. And we're also joined by special guest, Austin, who is returning. Oh yes, Magnets. All right, there you go. Okay, so uh, something to note. Uh, We are going to talk about Better Call Saul in an upcoming episode, but this discussion is going to be dedicated mostly to Breaking Bad. Um, Before we dive into this world of chemistry, meth, and crime, we have Newsflash. Josh, do you want to set the timer while I explain what Newsflash is? Sure. Let me find my phone. There it is. Go ahead. Cool. All right. So we got 15 minutes um, to get through all the news that has happened since last episode. I have a bunch of news. Josh, not so much. Bradley, not so much. So uh, yeah, we'll probably get through this pretty quick, hopefully. I guess it depends on me. Uh, Any news we don't get to is going to be on the Facebook page. More on that at the end of the episode. Also, you may have noticed Bradley's not here. He was unable to make this episode, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. He'll be back soon. But um, he did give us some of his news for us to cover, so. Yeah. All right, newsflash. You ready? Let's do it. Three, two, one, go. All right, so we're going to talk about uh, some gaming events. I have a lot of gaming news to get to. So first, EA has announced a digital-only version of its yearly EA Play Showcase that will take place on June 11th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. EA says the show will showcase games through a live broadcast, community content, and more. Uh, on the same day, June 11th, CD Projekt Red is going to give us some news on Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, we do not have a time yet on that uh, Cyber, Cyberpunk 2077 um, showcase, but uh, I'm sure you'll hear about it uh, when we get closer to that date. Uh, the Media Indie Exchange has announced the Guerrilla Collective. It's a three-day event focused on indie developers and publishers taking place from June 6th to June 8th. I remember and when that we... is... Sorry, that is Guerrilla like Guerrilla Warfare, not Guerrilla like the animal. Yes, correct. Um, I know we were talking about uh, before with E3 being canceled, how it kind of hurts the smaller uh, game developers. Well, there you go. Entire event just for them. Uh, Ubisoft has announced Ubisoft Forward. It's going to be a fully digital showcase with exclusive game news, reveals, and more. That's going to take place on July 12th. I would expect to see some Assassin's Creed Valhalla and Watch Dogs Legion there. Um, Excuse me, a special episode of Inside Xbox... (coughs) excuse me took place on may 7th uh none of our predictions were right by the way we did a little segment on that uh last episode uh i thought it was pretty uh not that great to be honest but that's just me (laughs) um xbox has also announced xbox 2020 a program of monthly updates dedicated to the future of xbox 
Uh, a July episode is going to focus on first-party Xbox Series games from Xbox Game Studios. Uh, there is confirmation we're going to see Halo Infinite there. Um, so there's that. And then finally, uh, during the Summer Game Fest showcase, we got our first official look at PlayStation 5 gameplay and Unreal Engine 5 from Epic Games. What we saw isn't a real game, unfortunately. I thought it looked really cool. Uh, but it was just a tech demo to show the new engine. Uh, Unreal 5 will be available for preview in early 2021 with Fortnite moving to it in mid-2021. Fortnite. Cool. Yeah. Um, I guess that's off to me. And, of course, Lesh had a cough. At any time during the podcast, yes. the cough. He coughs during Newsflash, the one area where we can't cut anything out to maintain the 15-minute limit. It's fine. I'm just complaining. I'm not even the one editing the episode. Yeah, you I'm are, editing Lesh, right? Ah, So oh, you're going to yeah. have to deal with that. I no, guess I'm, you can silence it and people will be confused. But now that I mentioned it, you got to keep it in. And no, yeah, I'm, so I'm, leaving, I'm leaving it in there. I was never going to edit it out. <laughs> Very good. I always edit out, edit out all that stuff unless it happens in Newsflash. I know Lesh likes to keep things raw. I do, yeah. Because it's so. funnier that way. Yeah, I guess so. Can I filibuster <laughs> a Newsflash? <laughs> no, I like that. Please, no. Oh, you know what? For like a horror episode, we should call it Newsflash. News slash, um, yeah. I guess so. Where did that come from? Okay. Uh, anyway, can, good thing we don't have a lot of no? news because we're wasting like two okay, minutes. Okay, yeah, go, go, go. <laughs> well, it's fine. We don't have a lot of news anyway. All right. The Lad Bible recently spoke with Andy Serkis about the Batman film. Serkis was asked if the film would be darker, broodier, to which he replied, quote, I would say that's not far from the truth, unquote. But then he went on to clarify slightly saying, quote, it's very much about the emotional connection between Alfred and Bruce that's really at the center of it. And it has a really exquisite script that Matt has written, unquote. And just a reminder, Andy Serkis will be playing Alfred in the Batman film. So interesting stuff going on there. It's really interesting to see that this film seems to be really focusing on on Bruce Wayne more than Batman. So I'm really interested to see kind of the, the way that they take this film and how things are going. Agreed. Also, um... Netflix has given a series order to Vertigo's Sweet Tooth. I had never heard of Sweet Tooth before, um, so I put in the synopsis of it right here. Um, and Vertigo, as you know, is a comic company um, kind of owned also by DC, um, known for things like Sandman. So, And originally Swamp Thing was on Vertigo before it came to DC. Here's the story. Um, it will follow Gus, a half-human, half-deer hybrid, as he ventures out into the world to find it has been ravaged by a plague. He is not the only hybrid child in the world, and he will end up putting together a ragtag collection of friends from humans to more hybrids. So a really interesting idea there. I had never heard of that comic, but I kind of want to check it out because that sounds like an interesting mm -hmm. story. But it'll be coming to Netflix hopefully soon. Back to you, Lush. Cool. All right. So let's talk about some more video games. So Mortal Kombat 11 is getting an expansion titled Aftermath. Uh, the expansion comes with a brand new story, Robocop as a playable character, and new gameplay features including new stages, new fatalities, and friendships. Uh, the new gameplay features will be added for free for all uh, MK11 players, while the new story and characters will require a purchase. Um, Mortal Kombat 11 Aftermath is going to be released on May 26, 2020. Uh, we are recorded on May 16th, so it's actually not too far away. Uh, Apex Legends Season 5, Fortune's Favor, has launched. Uh, make sure you check out all the new additions for Apex Legends, including the new legend Loba. She's awesome. Uh, she has replaced Bloodhound, who was my main. I think she's great. I'll probably play it after we record this podcast. Uh, the first screenshots for the Lord of the Rings Gollum have arrived. Uh, the game is due for release next year on PS5, Series X, and PC. Before you move on, I have yes. not heard of this. Is this just oh, like really? the story of Gollum like up into <laughs> The Hobbit? 
Yeah, it's gonna be kind of more like a like a Telltale game, but it's yeah, it's gonna follow Gollum. That sounds really cool. I mm-hmm. had not heard of this. I, I'm excited for this now. Oh, please continue. Yeah, that, yeah. I just wanted to say that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Tokyo Game Show, which was scheduled to run from September 24th through September 27th, has been canceled. A digital-only version of the event will take uh, its place. And then, uh, before I pass it back to Josh, a new trailer for The Last of Us Part Two has been released. Um, also, a video series for The Last of Us Part Two has been announced. Episode 1 is out now, and new episodes will arrive every Wednesday for the next few weeks. So if you want to see some interviews with the developers, gameplay details, stuff like that, make sure you go check that out. Cool. I'm actually going to say Bradley's piece of news and then throw it back to Lesh, because if you don't mind, I want to leave my last piece of news for the very end, if that's okay. Okay, yeah. All right, so for Bradley's news, he actually um, said that a Percy Jackson series is in development for Disney+. Plus. That's really cool, and that gives me high hopes, because the movies for Percy Jackson, although they were okay, um, I thought that they could have been a lot better. There was a lot of really good CGI, actually, in those movies, but uh, especially for its time. But the story, I think, could have done a little better to portray the story of the books, which I read growing up in uh, middle school and early high school. I really enjoyed those. Um, I think I only read the first three or four, though. But they were very good stories. If you're unfamiliar, it's the stories about how um, the in this fictional universe, the Greek gods are real, and they're still as um, promiscuous as they were in... Um, greek ancient times and um there are a bunch of demigods running around because of it and this follows the story of a young boy named percy jackson who is the son of poseidon and how there is this camp called camp half-blood for all of these people these children that are half-bloods that are demigods and how they deal with modern day society and all the issues with um a lot of these ancient greek mythological creatures still being in today's society so it's a really interesting story and after what disney plus did with the mandalorian i'm excited to see what they do with the percy jackson series cool yeah well uh continuing on with disney plus uh hamilton is coming to disney plus on july 3rd 2020 uh this is actually a massive boost um, it was originally kind of come out in theaters on Octo- in October 2021, but it's now coming to Disney+. Plus. Um, I guess we'll just keep talking about some summer release dates. Uh, Marvel's Iron Man VR is now scheduled for July 3rd, 2020. Uh, Paper Mario, the Origami King, has been announced for Nintendo Switch and will be released on July 17th. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima had a gameplay showcase a couple days ago. Uh, make sure you go check out that most recent uh, PlayStation State of Play if you want to find out more about the game. It's also coming out July 17th, 2020. Uh, new Mutants has a new release date of August 28th, 2020. And now let's talk about some Star Wars. So Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga is going to be released on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC on October 20th, 2020. Uh, Taika Waititi, director of Thor Ragnarok and Jojo Rabbit, is making a new Star Wars movie. Uh, Waititi will also serve as co-writer and will be joined by Christy Wilson Carnes, writer of 1917. And then finally, last piece of Star Wars news, and my final piece of news, uh, a new show coming exclusively to Disney Plus is coming from Russian doll writer Leslie Headland, who will write, executive produce, and act as showrunner for the show. Cool. And I'll finish this off in Newsflash with this very interesting story that really caught my attention. It's just, um, I'm actually going to start it and end it the same way. This would be huge and a welcome development, if true. My only concern is that it is from a single source and there is very little evidence tied to it. Now let's get into the actual news piece. Um, Heroic Hollywood has exclusively learned and confirmed that Zack Snyder held a private screening of his cut of Justice League, the Snyder Cut, as we know it um, colloquially, in the first quarter of 2020 with executives from DC in attendance. 
According to an individual with knowledge of the situation, something is happening with the Snyder Cut, and there are currently discussions being made. It is currently unknown as to whether this would be a planned one-time fan screening, a home media release, or a streaming service release. It is just known that a theatrical release is highly unlikely, a wide theatrical release. So, this is just the Heroic Hollywood reporting this, saying that they exclusively learned and confirmed that there was a private screening for the um, Warner Brothers DC and actually AT&T executives, since they own it now, of the Snyder Cut of Justice League earlier this year. So this could be really interesting. Um, I've also seen like random reports of people speculating without real proof, but saying that they are people of higher powers that know. So I don't know. But they said that um, Warner Brothers didn't like it, but AT&T did like it. And AT&T would have the final say since they're higher up of Warner Brothers now. But again, this would be a huge and welcome development if true. But my only concern is that it's from a single source and there's very little evidence tied to it. We do know that um, HBO, is it HBO Max? HBO Max. A lot of people are speculating if it might be like, hey, this is how they're going to try and sell HBO Max to the people, like the DC people. Because I, well, personally where I stand right now, I'm not interested in getting HBO Max, at least not until the Game of Thrones shows come in. But if they said, hey, you know, Snyder Cut is going to be there, I might be a little bit more intrigued. That's yeah, because there, <laughs> there are some people that are very upset that he did not get to do his um, version of the film, myself included. And then there are some people that say, you know, I don't really care about his version versus the Joss Whedon's version, but I'd be interested to see what this possibly could be. So there are people that are either really excited about it or at least curious. So there is a large enough audience for it to be worth it, I think. Yeah, personally, I'm not really that excited for it, but I'm massively curious to see it. Yeah. Especially with all this talk about it. Yeah, absolutely yeah. <laughs> all right well we have three and a half minutes left and cool. we're done unless anybody has anything that's not less making up news, up news. no less no no fake news austin do you have anything to add any uh, news no not really there's a lot of you shows you can make something delayed. up if you want there's a lot of shows getting delayed and we're just finishing a whole mm-hmm. bunch just like uh uh better call saul they they were um we just finished the fifth season uh questionably i may say (laughs) but um and i believe they uh were in the middle of production and they had to stop so it'll be a while until the the sixth and final season comes out understandable have a nice day (laughs) yeah all right well i guess with that said uh let's get on to the bulk of this episode so we're going to be talking about Breaking Bad and the movie El Camino. Uh, now, some things to note here. We're going to have two discussions uh, on Breaking Bad and El Camino, respectively. But because El Camino serves as a, more of an epilogue to the television series and takes place right after the finale, the events of the film may or may not come up in the Breaking Bad discussion, especially with Jesse Pinkman playing a big role in this series. Uh, so even though we're having two discussions, I imagine the discussions might be a little bit merged together than usual. Because of that, there's only going to be one spoiler warning, and it's going to be for the entire Breaking Bad series. So here's your spoiler warning right now. Warning, warning, spoilers incoming. Time is X minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0.
right, we back. Let's do this thing. So uh, we're gonna proceed as usual with our opening statements. Josh, this was your first time watching Breaking Bad, right? Yes, this was my yeah. first experience of it. Do you want to kick things off for us? Sure. All right. So um, my statement is a lot shorter than it normally is, and I know. Um, we all have different views on statements. Some people like to do more off the cuff. Some people like to prepare a statement. I always do better with a prepared statement. And I actually prepared this like 10 minutes before we recorded. So hopefully it's good enough. But then I have some points for discussion, which um, I know a lot of people love our discussions, how they are a little bit more off the cuff. So there we go with that. Here's my statement. Breaking Bad is definitely a very unique show. I've never seen anything like it. It's not often that shows are full of surprises and twists that actually impact you. I find it extremely interesting how the two main characters, Jesse and Walt, essentially switched roles by the end of the show, which I'll talk about more in the discussion what I mean by that. The side characters like Gus, Saul, Hank, and my personal favorite, Mike, do not feel like throwaway um, characters, and they all have a huge impact on the story. This show also does a great job of setting up a universe. I'm not a big fan of all the drug stuff, and I... Um, did not originally think I would enjoy the show, but I found it truly interesting as I went on watching it. The moral dilemmas that it, expre- that it explores, excuse me, and again, the universe it creates and what the show um, does with all of that is what makes it so interesting. I'll go ahead and say that I do prefer the style of Better Call Saul, at least so far, but that show would not exist without Breaking Bad and the stage and story that it set. Breaking Bad is truly a remarkable show. Even if the topic is something I'm not too fond of, it goes much deeper than that surface-level topic of drugs and cancer. I give it a 7.8 out of 10. All right. Austin, you want to go next? Yeah, sure. Um, I don't have a prepared statement, but uh, I'll just say a few things. This is my third time watching Breaking Bad all the way through, second time watching El Camino. Um... Breaking Bad's probably my favorite show ever. Um, like, kind of like Josh was saying, uh, uh, the it seems like the characters mean something, uh, and uh, stuff like I, I don't know. It just seems so different, so much more uh, real life in comparison to uh, a lot of the other serialized. Uh, somewhat big budget shows out there like the uh, I just started watching the blacklist and it it doesn't it definitely doesn't live up to the the quality of something like Breaking Bad Uh, and in other areas uh, I actually used Breaking Bad and uh, the decisions and situations of Walter White uh, to help me in one of my I guess you could consider like a final project uh, for the the Stetson University Honors Program, uh, where I basically uh, did a paper where I talked about a few of the the uh, situations, gave my like uh, moral analysis, and then I had a meeting with a couple professors where we talked about it for an hour. So it it was uh, a lot of fun to uh, be able to use something like a TV show to convey that that type of uh moral standing and uh i think that's about it all right cool all right so my turn uh i'm gonna kind of keep this uh short and simple i kind of wrote something but i'm kind of gonna basically wing it basically um so this is i i originally watched breaking bad um 
after it had ended a few years back, um, I actually rewatched it uh, when I knew that we were doing an episode for the podcast. Um, Breaking Bad, without a doubt, is my favorite show of all time. Uh, Game of Thrones was coming close, but then it kind of just totally derailed, and I'm like, no, 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 you can't touch Breaking Bad anymore. Um, to me, I think, uh, and like, I, I, it's crazy, but like, for me, Breaking Bad is the only thing I would consider to be absolutely perfect. Like, for, like, for me, it's a 10 out of 10 for me. Um, I don't mean just like a season. I mean, like, every, like, every season leading up to like the finale, I thought was just like amazing. Like, I don't have anything bad to say about it. I absolutely love it. I love the characters. Uh, for me, um, even though he's not my favorite character per se, I think Walter White or Brian Cranston, excuse me, as Walter White is like iconic. Like he's iconic in that role. Um, I love Vince Gilligan's direction. Um, I love just the storytelling, um, the narrative. I, I like what you kind of talked about, Josh. I love the um, kind of mix between like how Jesse and Walt kind of in a way switch places. And I guess we will talk about that um, in the discussion. I guess one of my points as well. Um, yeah, I, I honestly cannot talk more highly about this show. Um, I adore it so much. Uh, and with that, I guess we'll just get straight into the discussion because I really, I mean, like, I, I love it. It's perfect for me. That's my opening statement right there. So Cool. Yeah. All right. Do you all mind if we start with the first thing being the Jesse versus yes. Walt dynamic? Yeah. So I'll just kind of explain what I mean and then we can kind of jump off on it. I thought it was really interesting how, like, in the first episode... Walter is this upright citizen. He does the right thing. He is a good person. And nothing he does that we can see, at least, is really morally wrong. And he tries to always do the morally right thing. Whereas Jesse is the polar opposite. He's going to do what is best for him. He doesn't care about other people. He cares about what's doing what is going to make his life better, even if it inconveniences other people. He doesn't care about the moral gray area or doing things that are right or wrong. He's just going to do, again, what is best for him. He's very selfish in that way. And then at the very end of the show, we see that Jesse starts to care about others, like especially the way he feels about Brock mm-hmm. and how he's starting to feel fatherly towards Brock and how he cares about Brock. And um, also he starts to care about his parents and his brother. And he, he um, even cares about um, some other people like Mike and Saul even a little bit. And he ends up starting to become a good citizen. When he goes to Alaska, I assume at least he's going to be a good citizen from then on out. Whereas Walter becomes very selfish. And he even says that he does it because he's good at it and he likes it. Not, no longer because, oh, I'm trying to make things good for my family. But he admits that he's doing it for a selfish reason. And he now is like Jesse, where he doesn't care about the moral area of things. He's going to do it because it's good for him, whether it's right or wrong. So I thought that was the most interesting thing about this show, was seeing the role reversal of those two. What do y'all think? For, for me personally, I mentioned this on the podcast before, like character development is very, very important to me. And I loved seeing Jesse become this very kind of sympathetic uh, character, um, even though he started off as kind of like basically a loser, essentially. Um, yeah. And to see him kind of grow into uh, being like a better man, it was like, it brought, like, for me, that's one of the, the joys of the series. And to totally contrast that, like, I, I hated seeing Walter become a villain, essentially. But I, I just love that it was able to kind of bring that emotion out of me because I love these characters so much. So it was like, to, to see, like, like, I was joyful to see kind of Jesse become a, like a better man 
it was heartbreaking to see Walt just become a total monster. I agree 100%. At the beginning of the series, I loved Walter. Yeah. And I hated Jesse. And then by the end, I loved Jesse and I hated Walter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's it's more complicated than that. So, um, as far as Jesse, I, I think to say that he's like... Uh, uh, a bad person at the beginning of the show is, is not really given the whole point. I mean, yeah, he breaks the law and he, he cooks drugs, but he could think that is not a bad thing. Um, and yeah, he dropped out of high school, but he wasn't, well, actually he didn't drop out. He graduated. We learned that later on. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. (laughs) That, that was a shock. Um, but I mean, he, he's just doing, what he thinks he he doesn't think uh cooking and selling drugs is necessarily bad and um uh even early on in the series when he's talking about the whole uh like the code of um you you don't uh you don't sell your product on someone else's turf turf uh i mean there there's a a code in in criminals and drug dealing and stuff and he follows that and it's really Walt that decides okay that's not we're not going to play that we're going to we're going to get what we want even if we have to kill people and i think he he's all um Jesse's always had that uh uh affinity towards uh keeping children safe uh-huh. probably from the beginning i i mean i think maybe the earliest would be with with his younger brother but also with uh, with who's Brock's brother? No, is it his brother? It's the um his uh yeah, his, his older uncle. brother. No, it's the uncle. It's he's the brother of the of the girl. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. It was his uncle. You're right. But yeah, and the and like the the whole ultimatum about hey, you need to stop let that letting that kid sell drugs. Um, and be like your your gun for hire, basically for another uh, uh, two dealers under Gus. Um, so I think I think he he has some pretty defined uh, moral qualities, and they're those are manipulated by Walt throughout the show. I agree. I, I the way I'm kind of seeing it is um, that Jesse was very selfish at the beginning, and I, I think that's quite apparent how selfish he was, and yep. it was all about him. Where um, as the show started to, pro- to progress, Jesse rubbed off on Walt and Walt rubbed off on Jesse, where Jesse's moral area became better. And um, to, to more like you're right, he followed the code at the beginning originally, but he started to kind of come out of the moral gray area a little bit as the show went on, as Walter plunged more into it. Sure. And Jesse also started to care m- more for others throughout the show as um, Walt started to care less for others and care more only for himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. which is kind of uh the the um role reversal that i'm kind of seeing in it and another thing with with uh walt too it's to me it's more like he he didn't really change but he reached his i one of his potentials as a a, a person so it obviously like he like you said, he said he was he liked it. He liked cooking and selling meth because he was good at it. 
Uh, and yeah, he's he's very good at the obviously the chemistry and the being a, a cutthroat businessman sometimes literally. Um, so and the only times where he's been super nasty, I've almost uh, like with the when he called uh, Skyler so the police could hear him. I thought that oh, was man. that was obviously to keep Skyler from being incriminated. The same mm-hmm. thing with with kidnapping Holly, just to make make it look look Skyler as uh, innocent as possible. And I think it the same could be said for um, in the last episode when he says uh, that he liked it uh, and he was good at it, as opposed to saying he was doing it for his family. Um, that that could have had. I guess two meanings to it, but that could have also just been another bluff to make Skyler feel better. I don't know. You're right, and I do kind of like the mystery behind it that we don't know exactly. Yeah. Before um, we continue, Lesh, would you mind cutting this out? And just yeah. I'm gonna go grab my food. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'll no right back. I'm totally leaving this in here. <laughs> All right. So uh, this is the part of the podcast where I give you guys fake news. Um, so, uh, Grand Theft Auto 6 has been officially announced. It's going to be exclusive, um, to, uh, mobile, uh, it's gonna, phones. It's going to be exclusive to the Epic Games Store. Mm-hmm. Uh, the main character is actually, it doesn't even take place on Earth. It's going to take place on Mars. Uh, you are playing as an alien. Um, and you steal spaceships instead of cars. Fun fact. Yeah, look it up. It's been announced officially. I, I think that would have worked better as a new IP, kind of like Red Dead. Yeah, probably. That actually would be kind of cool. I still, right, I still want them to make a pirate game. I think they'd make a cool pirate game. And they gave me the wrong ranch. I was making up news. So. In other oh, news, great. they I'm gave totally Josh the wrong this. ranch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, another piece of news. Chili's is slipping up. <laughs> Alright, are you good, Josh? Yeah, when I'm not talking, I'm going to mute myself, so that way um, <laughs> my chewing doesn't come through. No, just put it in, man. Okay, if you say so. No, okay, okay. well, it's up to you. You do what you want. Um, so, okay, let me ask you guys this. I really, I really want to talk about, um, I kind of want to talk about El Camino, to be honest with you. Were you guys, because if that movie had come out, not come out, I would have asked if you guys are satisfied with the ending. But I feel like El Camino is the real ending now, right? In a way. Um, I didn't really like it, to be honest with you. Um, I kind of liked the, um, uh, open-endedness of the original finale to Breaking Bad. Um, like, I, I liked, um, talking with people about, like, what their theories were about Jesse and, like, oh, like, do you think Walt could still be alive? Blah, blah, blah. I feel like all the questions were answered. I didn't really care to have those questions answered as much as I love Jesse, but kind of wanted yeah, your I'll- opinions on that. So I uh, I think uh, even before El Camino came out for for me uh, Walter was dead that, that was pretty clear uh, and yeah I mean the 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 cool part is you could speculate about Jesse but I mean you didn't really need to the fact is that he was free um, and the El Camino I I enjoyed it I. Uh, I liked that we got to see a little more about uh, Jesse's time uh, uh, being held captive by the neo-Nazis, even though uh, 
uh, uh, what's the guy's name? The Todd uh, had somehow uh, gained a whole bunch of weight in the middle of it and then lost it all again by the end of the series. Um, but yeah, so the, at, I could take or leave El Camino. Obviously, you, you didn't need to see it and you didn't get any, any more out of it, I don't think. You didn't I, I, need to. Yeah, I, I think that was my main issue with it because like, like, I think El Camino... Um, is still, like, I think Vince Gilligan did phenomenal with it. I think um, Aaron Paul, like, coming back as Jesse was awesome. Um, I still think, like, on its own, it still really is a great movie um, and a really well-done movie. I just feel like it was just so unnecessary that I, it, it just left kind of a bad aftertaste, I guess. Like, like for me, like, like, I, I probably would not have... Uh, no, I shouldn't say that. Never mind. No, yeah, I, I think it's a great movie. I just didn't feel like it was necessary, I guess, which is my main gripe with it. But I, I liked the the development uh, that we got from Todd, Jesse, Skinny Pete, and Badger. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm going to agree and disagree with Lesh and agree with what Austin just said. For me, was it necessary? Yes and no, because... It was also kind of a detriment in some ways, like Lash said, because I like the open-endedness of Breaking Bad, but there was still the, well, what about Jesse? Because I, I like when things are left open-ended. Um, y'all know that from things I've said in the past about various things where I did not want sequels and stuff like that. And I don't like how some universes keep going. But anyway, um, I like open-endedness where there's a mystery, but I felt like it was necessary to Jesse's character development for us to see the end of that. Now, did it answer too many questions? Potentially, like the whole thing with Walt and stuff. But I felt like it was necessary just for Jesse's um, story, not for anything else. Another cool, a cool Easter egg was uh, we got the 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 an explanation for why he asked um, the the go away man the the make you disappear man about no wait was it that that guy or it might have been saul he asked them about uh going to alaska mm. and it's because because yeah. um mike recommended it yeah so that was pretty cool oh that actually reminds me because josh and i were talking about this i forgot to, that's actually the reason why i did not care to rewatch El Camino because I was kind of like okay well whatever you know like you know like, I thought Breaking, I thought the finale for Breaking Bad was just so perfect already that it didn't need yeah. to be followed up anyway uh, what else do we want to talk about we want to talk about more Skyler El Camino um, it's interesting to see your guys' point of view versus mine because for me or for you guys you watched Breaking Bad and you did not know El Camino was coming right uh. Yeah. Or for me, my first time watching Breaking Bad, there were no spoilers for me. I did not know Walt was going to die at the end and all that type of stuff. But I knew El Camino was coming. Mm-hmm. I knew, hey, there's something else beyond this. So I think that might have changed my outlook on it a little bit compared to you guys. Well, and uh, I don't think I told you anything about uh, what it was about or anything. So Yeah. You just told me it was what happens right after Breaking Bad. Okay. That's all I knew. Yeah. <clears throat> that right. it was essentially the next season, but in film form. That's all I knew. All right, yeah, so like Lesh said, uh, Lesh, what did you want to talk about next? Uh, you want to talk about Skylar? I feel like we haven't talked about her much. 
Sure. Um, Do you guys like her character? Because, like, personally, I don't really like her character, but I still think she's very, like, well-acted and well-written. But I do not like Skylar. Yeah, there I'm not a fan either. There you go. Yeah, when I was thinking about the 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 Mother's Day uh, topic <laughs> activity, she was on. She would be on my list of my least favorite. <laughs> well, I she's like the person who has the right intentions but does all the wrong things. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I will say I liked her a lot better my second time watching it because I didn't. I didn't like her the first time, but um, I think I appreciate her character a little bit more. Um, like I feel like Breaking Bad wouldn't be the same without her character there. So you're right. She's a necessary character, and the fact that we hate her is a good thing. Cause that means they did the character right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I think one character that's even more hateable would be Marie. <laughs> See, I a hundred percent agree with They're that. They're minerals, Marie. I a hundred percent agree with that. <clears throat> What'd you say, Lash? I, I said I 100% agree with that. I like Skylar way more than Marie. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. At times, I liked Marie. At times, I did not like Marie. Yeah, she's a klepto. She, she's crazy. I'll say that. She tried to take Skylar's baby. Mm-hmm. With good intentions, though. Good intentions. Again, the idea... Of both of these people, Skylar and Marie, having good intentions but going about things the wrong way. It's all about optics. <laughs> Hank is cool. I like Hank. Yeah, I like Hank. I like Hank. I was upset that he died. Yeah. I was really hoping that he would live through it. And you, actually, you know what? It's it's kind of interesting because, like, I would I would say that Hank, in a lot of ways, is kind of the hero of this show but in a way kind of he's the antagonist basically right like yeah, what's the protagonist which is very interesting which is a very interesting take on it yeah yeah all right it's interesting because it is like um you can kind of see you can fit yourself into one person's role yeah if you're the moral white area person you're going to see yourself like hank if you're the moral black area person, you're going to see yourself like Walt, Jesse, or Gus. If you're the moral gray area person, dark gray, you're going to see yourself like Mike. Light gray, you're going to see yourself like Saul. I would totally be Saul. Me too. <laughs> I would totally be like Saul. Saul is actually my favorite character of mm. the series. Well, you're then you're like in for a treat. Saul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I need to catch up with Better Call Saul. I like Mike too. I was, his, oh, yeah. Okay, okay. let me ask this. Whose death was the saddest for you guys? Mike. Mike. Well, he's your I favorite character, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably say Mike. It, yeah, it, hmm. Because to me, he was like the Piccolo character. Yeah. Piccolo doesn't care about anybody except for Gohan. Mike doesn't care about anybody except for Kaylee. I think and Jesse. Yeah, yeah, good point. I, I think when, when Walt killed Mike, I think that was like the the big moment where I was like, oh my gosh, I hate Walter Same. White. That was I like, that was right like the first moment where I was like, oh my gosh, this guy. Because I, I liked Mike too, but so yeah, I'd probably go with Mike. <laughs> I'm with you there. What about you, Austin? Uh, my 
least favorite death? death? Or maybe maybe not your least favorite, but the saddest for you. What was the most impactful on you emotionally? Uh, on the rewatch, uh, man, I I'd say Mike is a safe bet, um, but um, Andrea was kind of sad. Oh yeah, yeah, hers was sad. Oh yeah, and it was just so sudden, yeah, um, immediate, yeah. Like, and you had no time to process it either. Yeah. Just like Jesse. They did a great job of making you feel exactly how Jesse did. Gus's death. Whoo! That was explosive. Yeah. <laughs> I love how the name of that episode is Face Off. <laughs> that is pretty funny. I actually didn't even know that. That's pretty funny. And it was funny because it was like a double entendre. Because <laughs> it was a face off between the two. And it was his face was off. <laughs> Oh, you know, you know what other character I like? I, I like, I like Tuco. Oh, I, okay. <laughs> Tuco, Good Tuco was hilarious, man. He was so funny. You'll get more out of him in Better Call Saul too. Oh yeah, I get that anxiety. First season. I get anxiety every time Tuco's on screen. <laughs> and not like panic attack anxiety, just like, what is this guy gonna do? He is weird, and I don't like him. He's gonna do something wrong. <laughs> Which is what he's supposed to do. You know, that, that's yeah. his character. They did a good exactly. job of that. It just, yeah. he made me nervous. Gus made me nervous. That guy. Mm. Such a good villain. Gus was a good villain. You're right. Very unpredictable. And um, I was telling Austin this. I like manager Gus a lot more than I like drug dealer Gus. Oh, or really? Or drug lord Gus. Yeah, because like as a person... Oh, yeah, as a person, yeah. Which is shows even more how well they did with his character. Mm-hmm. What do you, what do you guys think of the fly episode? The fl- oh. <laughs> well, either you love it or you hate it. I mean, I I'm in the love it camp. I actually really love that episode. Yeah, I, but thought I was, it was I was, good. I was talking with my uncle about it uh, a couple days ago and he hated it. I was like, hmm. we we're kind of talking about it. It's interesting cuz to me it was a definitely a filler episode mm-hmm. where it, I felt like it did not develop the plot at all, but it developed the character development. Yes. And that's why it was important. What do you think, Austin? Are you going to love it or hate it? Can't oh, yeah. I, I like it. Oh, okay. I nice. enjoyed it. <laughs> Anyone else have anything else to say? <laughs> I'm going through characters in my head right now. Uh, what what do we think of Jane? I I liked her. Jane was another sad death, but it was also the kind of she got what was coming for her because I was really excited to see Jane and Jesse kind of come out of the darkness and start to go to rehab and do the right thing, and it seemed like it was really going to go right for them, and then that happened, and it was just heartbreaking because of the bad decision they made. I think it's just crazy how like. Like, just that one death just spiraled, and it just, like, it caused so many bad things to happen. Oh, yeah, like, I was not expecting the the whole plane plane crash thing. The plane was, that was crazy. That was unexpected. Yeah. But, yeah, that was another part that was kind of heartbreaking to see this girl with so much potential. And how she was not only going to make herself better, but she was going to help make Jesse better. And then they made one wrong decision. And then 
that. One of those, one of the other kind of big moments where um, I was like, oh my gosh, this wall, like Walter White's so bad, is when um, towards the e- towards the end where he finally confesses um, to Jesse that um, Jane, like, di- like he could have saved Jane. Yep. I was mm-hmm. like, oh my god, as he's being taken away, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so bad. Yeah. More so going to the demonization of his character. Side. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I really liked Mike, and I don't, I don't know if there's anything else to say about him. I, I just yeah. really wanted to say that. I really like Mike, and I like his inclusion in Better Call Saul. And getting to see his back, uh, not his backstory, but um, him, his exposition, mm-hmm. which is interesting to have his exposition after seeing his character. It's interesting looking at, I'm not going to spoil Better Call Saul at all, either for Lesh or the audience. I just want to say a couple things about it. It's interesting how it's kind of in this flip-flop area where how I feel about Better Call Saul, because part of me is like, I wish I had seen Better Call Saul before I had seen Breaking Bad to see where these characters came from. But then again, there's so much in Better Call Saul that calls back, or calls forward to, rather, um, Breaking Bad. So it's kind of in this weird area where it's like, I wish I saw this before, but at the same time I didn't. Yeah, I mean, it was it was obviously meant for you to watch it afterwards. Yes, But then there's a lot of times where I wish I had this information going into Breaking Bad. Yeah. I definitely do like when Better Call Saul is all wrapped up. I definitely do want to, like, watch them back to back. Because I think that would be a fun thing to do. That would be interesting, to watch them, like, in reverse Mm -hmm. order. Yeah, it's like watch all of Better Call Saul and then watch all of Breaking Bad again. Um, That's an interesting idea. I wonder how close it'll get to the, the beginning of Breaking Bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they're alluding to it with uh, uh, Saul starting to lose his hair. Yeah, uh, I think that was, that was mostly in season four when they showed that, but still. Um, this is not a spoiler at all, but it is some information about Better Call Saul. Um, the first episode of every season, the first like five minutes, is actually in the future after Breaking Bad. So it'll be really interesting to see how that ends too in the last season. Yeah. True. Yeah, the the season five one was definitely definitely took a, a turn. Yeah, it was a kind of a cliffhanger. Yeah. Oh dang. Yeah, I definitely, it's I definitely watched that season now. <laughs> because now, because what it is is it's like um, it's almost like six episodes that are five or so minutes long each that are going to tell a story because of the six seasons. But it's an interesting story. Yeah. But I'll leave it at that because I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it yet. Now, obviously, the most important death of the show was uh, was Mr. Danny Trejo, aka Oh man, aka Tortuga. Oh yeah, that that was crazy. <laughs> that was also unexpected. Yeah, and I like how they put him on the tortoise. <laughs> yep. Anything else you guys want to talk about with Breaking Bad? The show held no punches, which sometimes was... I liked it. Sometimes not so much. Like with what? It's going to be funny when you hear this. um, Because it's going to be the opposite for most people. Like the... The brutal... Like... 
how he went, how people went about the killing and stuff. It's like, oh man, like I, I like that they're not holding any punches and they're actually showing the real life of how it is. But then the like shooting up heroin, I didn't like that they showed that because I, I don't like things that puncture skin. They make my stomach wheezy. <laughs> so, and I know for some people it'd be the opposite. They're like, oh yeah, I like how they showed that they use that, but I don't like how they went into detail with the killing. And for me, it's the opposite. I, I can't do the needles. <laughs> But it was interesting how they went about that, like not holding any punches, which you can't do with all TV shows. And that that's not a knock at other shows or a lifting up of Breaking Bad. It's just how, how it is with the network it was on and such. Mm-hmm. That's all I have I, that I can think of, at least right now. Um, I mean, I'm pretty wrapped up. Austin, you have anything? You want who's to your favorite uh, Cartel Don? Wait, what? Cartel, Cartel Don. Because some so, of them, I, like Don Eladio, I hate him. I do not like him at all. Don Eladio is my favorite. I see, I see what you're talking Don Eladio is like my favorite. Him, yeah, I hate him. I'm glad that you find enjoyment in him. I can't stand him. Um, I like the twins. Well, there, there's only really. Well, I guess you could you could talk about them, but the the main three, uh, uh, Don Salamanca, Don Eladio, Don uh, uh, Balsa. I guess I would go with I, Salamanca just because I feel like a lot of his like I like the Belf stuff is funny. I find. Yeah, I, I like Salamanca too. I, I like when um uh like he like uh uh crap he takes like a dump in the DEA's yeah. uh like that was that was hilarious. Yeah, and it's interesting seeing his um, backstory in Better Call Saul as well. I think my favorite version of uh, of Hector Salamanca is. In Breaking Bad, in uh, Better Call Saul, before he uh, gets in the chair, because mm. I mean the the when they do the flashback in in Breaking Bad where he he kills Gus's partner, that was probably my least favorite. Yeah, I didn't like him there either. Yeah. All right. Are we about done? I think so. Unless yeah. anybody else has anything, does anybody want to remind the audience of our scores? Oh, I didn't give mine. Uh, I going with what Lesh said. I mean, it, I'm going to go with a scale more of uh, th- this is this is my favorite. Therefore, there's been nothing better. So I'm going to I'm just going to say it's a ten. Yeah, for for me, I I can't find anything wrong with it. I to me to me, it's one of the few things that for me i consider to be basically perfect uh yeah i give it a 10 out of 10 also and i'll be the odd one out but i'll give my explanation again (laughs) um not really my style but for what it is i enjoyed it a lot and it did it very well so i give it a 7.8 um saying that a lot of my favorite shows um are in the high eights low nines and i have never had a 10 so with that background knowledge 7.8 cool cool All all right Well, I guess, um, are we going to talk about El Camino at all, or did we kind of cover it enough in there? I feel like we kind of covered it enough, unless you guys had anything else you wanted to talk about it. Well, I'm good. What about you, Austin? We talked about Fat Todd. Um, I did like I did like all the cool cameos. Like I thought, as as a Breaking Bad fan, I thought it was, like it was cool seeing um, Walt again in flashbacks. It was cool seeing Jane. Um, so I thought I thought that all that was pretty neat. I will say that was a lot less impactful for me because, again, I watched it 
Like, we yeah. finished the last episode of Breaking Bad, and I was like, what's next? And Austin put on <laughs> El Camino. And yeah, I was yeah. like, okay. So for me, it was a lot less impactful, but I can imagine for, for someone... That had, yeah, that loves yeah, the show, exactly. hadn't seen them, the char- those characters in a long time, yeah. Yeah, that, that must have been really cool. I liked uh, Skinny Pete and Badger's part in it. There was actually yeah. um, a part in the trailer that didn't make it into the movie where Skinny Pete is uh, being questioned by the police. I, I think it's the police or if he was in court. I can't remember. But a- anyway, I wish that kind of made it in the movie because it was, it was good. You saw him like kind of, uh, he didn't, he didn't have the beanie and he was, I think he was wearing a suit or like a dresser or something. He just kind of cleaned yeah, was, up a bit. It's interesting to see how those characters, Skinny Pete and Badger also started to become better characters as they kind of started to care even more where they cared a little bit before, like in the beginning of Breaking Bad, but it seemed that they were still a little bit on the selfish side. Where they really started to care near the end of Breaking Bad, and especially in El Camino, mm-hmm. yeah, to see their characters develop as well. Um, how big of a gap was there between the release of the last episode of Breaking Bad and the release of El Camino? Uh, Breaking Bad ended in twenty thirteen, and then El Camino was October of last year, twenty nineteen. Breaking Bad. Oh ended wow! In, really? I thought it ended in twenty fifteen. Better Call Saul started in twenty fifteen. Okay. I think Breaking Bad ended in twenty thirteen. I didn't realize it was that huge of a difference, and now I understand. <laughs> I thought it was like a year or something, but I, I never did research on it, so I wouldn't know. But that's that is very impactful. Then I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. Um, let me see the exact. Yeah, so the finale for uh, Breaking Bad was September twenty ninth, twenty thirteen. Yep. Wow, so that is pretty crazy. And let me see when Better Call Saul started. Uh, El Camino cool. came out October eleventh, twenty nineteen. And then, and I I remember back in that time, like I I had heard people talking about there may be a Breaking Bad movie at some point, and it was like the 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 whole thing about uh, movies based on TV shows. I don't know they they don't usually have the best track record. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, I I at that point I was like I could take it or leave it, but after actually seeing it, yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, Better Call Saul started February 8th, 2015. Cool. All right. Well, anything else on the Breaking Bad universe, excluding Better Call Saul, that we have to talk about? No, nope. All righty. They're good. Well, oh, I still think like a Telltale style Breaking Bad would be pretty sick. That'd be interesting. Yeah. A story mode game. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. I, I could see that working. I don't know if it'd be Walter. Like they could do another story, but. Like in that universe or something. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's, yeah, let's move on. All right. So for our game slash activity this week, um, so as we are recording this, this past Sunday was Mother's Day. We all had a great day celebrating a special day with our mothers and other motherly family members. We figured that we should keep the celebration going this week and talk about our favorite mothers in media. We'll list our top five mothers or motherly figures that we have experienced as we read, watched, and or played. So I figure um, we go around, all of us do our top, our five, then all of us do our four, all of us do, and so on. So why don't we start with our guest, Austin, then Lesh, then myself. Austin, who is your number five? Or it doesn't have to be in a specific order, but I assume our number one will be number one. Yeah, I don't have an order, um, and I technically did six, because I, I just, oh. uh, I'll just have an honorable mention in there. Uh, but okay. the main five, uh, Truffles from, uh, from Chowder. 
Ah, I forgot about her. Um, What's your? Do you have an explanation for it at all? Not really. I just I, I so some of these were were just because like I thought they were funny or they that I enjoyed their character, and some of them were because they were actually good mothers. That's fair. So th- this one, I just enjoyed their character, and I thought they were they were humorous. They were. Cool. It's for me. It was a little hard to find a lot of uh, impactful mothers. See, I a hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. It took me forever to come up with this list. This is like the hardest list I think I've ever done in the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's. Who's your um? So first on the list? my number five, uh, I went with um. Uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe version of Frigga, which is Thor and Loki's mother. Um, the reason why I went with her is, uh, it's funny, actually, uh, two of these mothers in here, I think, one, I think to be Loki's mother, like, like, you know, kudos to you. Like, like that, that boy's a handful, right? But also, um, like, he's, I don't know, I, I feel like that, that bond between her and, I mean, sure, she's great with Thor and Endgame as well. But I think, like, like Loki's adopted, you know? So I think, like, it was great seeing, like, a relationship between um, kind of Loki and Frigga like that. Especially since, like, her... Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Thor 2. Like, her death um, is really kind of, I think, what spirals Loki into this more redemp- redemption um, kind of arc that he goes through in the, in the newer movies. So, yeah. Cool. For me, my first pick is Atlanta. The mother of Arthur Curry or Aquaman. Um, for me, um, her in general in all media, but specifically the one I'm looking at is from the New Fifty Two run, um, known as Malastrom, or also her in the movie because they uh, have a lot of parallels there, where that portion of the movie pulled a lot from the New Fifty Two run Malastrom. And to me, it's because she did what she had to do to protect her son. She knew that Tom Curry would be an excellent father and was loving and caring and would take care of Arthur and that Arthur would also be under good direction on the Atlantean side from Volko. She gave up her portion on the throne um, not really to save her life as much to take care of Arthur and make sure Arthur had a good childhood on the land and still had direction from the sea from Volko. So she... It's interesting because she was a good mother by giving up her motherhood so that she could give her son a good life, which is why I chose her. Cool. All right, Austin? All right, so my second pick um, would be Chi-Chi from Dragon Ball. And it, it was kind of... Uh, I was thinking of doing a Dragon Ball character, and it was really between Chi-Chi and Bulma because they're the only real... Besides, uh... Gine. Who? Gine, uh, Goku's original mother. Oh, uh, when is, is she only mentioned in, like, the, the Bardock series or something? She's, yeah, she's mentioned in the Bardock special and then in, uh, the Broly movie. Okay. But, uh, I was leaning towards, uh, uh, Gohan's wife. I can't remember her name right now. Videl. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. See, I, I didn't know too much about her character because I haven't seen too much of, uh, uh gt and it's been a while since i've seen super but um i think chi chi is probably the from from my recollection probably the the best out of the moms as far as like um she's had the best most uh well-behaving kids and uh gohan and goten 
and uh, she's always been very hard on Gohan about getting his studies so he can be a podiatrist or whatever he wants to be. Um, and she's very protective. She can throw down if she needs to. Uh, so yeah, Chi-Chi. Yeah. Um, Lesh, if you don't mind, I'm going to cut in front of you for this one just because um, okay. my pick was also Chi-Chi. Okay. And I kind of want to add to that discussion. And um, I was also kind of uh, in a toss-up between Bulma and Chi-Chi. And for me, I would have chosen Bulma if we were only looking at future Bulma in Dragon Ball Super, the one that um, helped save Trunks and send him back to the past so they can defeat Goku Black. Um, I, that Bulma would win out, but overall, Chi-Chi beats out overall Bulma for me. Yeah. And uh, like you said, Chi-Chi is such a great mom because although she's annoying and forces Gohan to study and ruins all the adventures that she he's supposed to go on with Goku because he needs to study— well, Chi-Chi's doing that because she knows that this is what Gohan actually wants. Even if it's not what he wants in the moment, it's what he wants overall. And we do see later on in Gohan's life that he's very um, appreciative and happy that Chi-Chi did that because he does get his end goal. Um, one of my favorite Dragon Ball Super um, filler episodes is when Future Trunks comes back and he sees Gohan and he's like, "What? what's wrong with Gohan? Why is he, you know, not fighting or training? You know, he's a professor and he is living with his wife and baby and Mr. Satan. He's not training. He, he's at work teaching people. Well, what is with this? And then by the end of the episode, he's like, but he's happy. I've never seen Gohan happy before. And the only reason that Gohan was able to achieve that happiness is because his mother pushed him. Yeah. To His father pushed him on the fighting side to save the world, to defeat Cell, to help defeat Majin Buu, to uh, find the Dragon Balls, when they were um, going for um, against Frieza. But his mom is who pushed him in his, I'll say, earthly sense, his ambitions of what he really wanted in life, which is what made him happy in the end. And that's why I think Chi-Chi is an excellent mother for Gohan. And the other side of the coin that's interesting is when Goten is born and, Chi and Goku is dead, she put the studying to the side for a moment and trained Goten, knowing that... Goten would not get true training anywhere unless she provided it because Goku was not around. So she was able to provide both sides of that. It's interesting seeing how when Goku was around, forcing Gohan to do the training that was necessary, or forcing Gohan to do the studying that was necessary. But when Goku was not around, forcing Goten to do the training that was necessary. And that's why I think, like Austin said, that Chi-Chi is a very good mother. It's uh, funny that you actually skipped over me, Josh, because actually my... Um... Number four is actually also Chi Chi. Um, oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm, I'm, jo I'm joking around. It's not. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I hate Chi Chi. Uh, my number four is. Uh, sorry, I'm breaking the Dragon Ball streak. Uh, I went with um, Claire Dunphy from Modern Family, um, yeah. and the reason why I went with her is um, one. Uh, it's it's weird because I feel like all my um, picks are because like their kids are like handfuls. Like, uh, but honestly, they are, and I think um, Luke Haley. Alex, I think they're all crazy, but they're all so different, and I think that's what um, makes Claire, like, such a great mother, to have all these, like, three different kids, plus Phil Dunphy, who's, you know, like, a freak show on his own, you know, so I, I think to be able to kind of, I mean, she wears the, she wears the pants of the family, which I think is really cool, um, you know, to see kind of a mom like that um, on TV, uh, I think she does a great job, and obviously her kids are, turn out to be pretty great, um, Modern Family finale was uh, a few weeks ago. I was very sad, but I was, I was very happy with how it ended. So, um, yeah. I'll declare Dumpy. Cool. 
Never seen that show or heard of it, but you've never heard of you've Modern Family. Never heard of it. No. Whoa. See, I'm not as as invested as Lesh was. But well, um, you've heard about it. Oh yeah, I've heard about it. And uh, when I would uh, go home on Fridays, as I still do, to uh, have uh, sushi night with my family, we we would turn on. Usually, I try to find like USA or something where they have uh, uh, Modern Family Friday. And it, it's just a fun show to put on. I, I'm not as invested as like I didn't see all the episodes, but it's the it's very witty and it's it's fun to have in the background. So, what kind of show is it? Like, what's it comparable to? Um, like uh, like friends, like all, like all the sitcom comedies, uh, basically. That, that's um, fine. That's not really my taste. Which so. I will say, um, just like Friends and just like How I Met Your Mother, Modern Family went on too long. I'm just saying. It got like, like no one to end your shows. People, come on, seriously. Okay, I'm sorry. That's all right. I'll send you go. Yeah. Well, uh, just to add on, the it's more like uh, I'd compare it more to like Friends or Parks and Rec, just because uh, there's no laugh track and they have the uh, the yeah, that's true. The every now and then they have the interviews. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Good point. Good point. But it, it's I I think those shows are are almost like the 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 evolution of the sitcom sitcom yeah. from the 90s and early 2000s agreed okay so third pick i'm going with uh uh lesh have you seen any of better call Saul? yeah i'm i just haven't watched the last season okay so i'm going with uh with tuco zabolita oh okay cool just because uh she she was the well there's not too many moms in that universe, um, and I I'm not going with Skyler. She's <laughs> she's not. I don't think she's a good mom. Um, I mean, she commits adultery, which is just yeah. one of them. But uh, yeah, Abuelita just because she seems so pure, and she she didn't deserve to be called a biznatch. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Tuco's justified in, in breaking their breaking those kids' legs and could have done a lot more. <laughs> Alright, Lesh, do you want to hop back into the regular order and you go next? Sure. Uh, my third pick, I went with Aunt May. Um, technically an aunt, but I think she is a great motherly figure to Peter Parker. Um, especially after um, the death of Uncle Ben. I think she really steps up in that relationship. And, you know, even with the... Um, Sam Raimi movies with 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 all the movies with the games with the comics. I think that relationship, no matter what Spider Man you pick, is always a special relationship. Um, we all know Aunt May and the Spider Man relationship. I don't think we really need to talk in too much detail about that. Are Are you more of a fan of older or younger Aunt May? Um. See, I like the relationship between Peter and Aunt May in the Tobey Maguire films. But, I mean, young on me. I mean, come on. Like, she, I mean, she's pretty hot. Yeah, uh, Marissa Tomei doesn't really age. Yeah, so I mean... It, I could have put in the same category uh, uh, Winona Ryder. I, I should have thought of her. Oh, yeah. I didn't put oh, her yeah, on my she list. She, good she's pick, pretty actually. good. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I, I prefer older Aunt May, older Peter Parker. But that, that's me. I've talked about my Spider-Man thoughts in the past many times before, so I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Um, so my next pick is actually 
Um, this is going to sound weird to say, but your mom. And what I mean by that is when you play Pokemon Gold, your character's mother, I think, is a great mother because she offers, and you do not need to accept, and she's not upset if you don't accept, accept, but she offers to take a portion of your money every time you earn it, and she buys you gifts and holds your money so you don't spend it all. It's one of the few times in Pokemon where your mother is actually persistently helping you the whole way, not just, oh, take these running shoes, see you later. Interesting. It's, hey, here is, you know, an opportunity to help you save money, and I'm going to buy you gifts along the way. So I think that that's a great mother. The character's mother in Pokemon Gold. Ash's and Silver and Crystal. Ash's mom? Yeah, yeah she's pretty she's good. pretty cool. Especially like in Pokemon 3, um, the, the third movie, I forget what it's called, the Something of the Unknown, where she ends up um, going with, um, uh, what's the girl's name? Oh, I don't remember, um, but, but the young girl. Is it Ella? Yeah. Are you making stuff up again? <laughs> Absolutely not. Okay. Um, well, with the young girl and is a motherly figure to her, even though she's not her real mother, helping this girl come out of this fantasy world that the unknown are creating. And that's actually a really sad movie when like the, the father disappears yeah. and you don't know if he's dead or not. But then she sees Entei and thinks that Entei is her dad. And Entei's like, sure, I'll be your dad if it's what you wish, because he's granting her all these wishes because of the unknown controlling the world or controlling that area of the world. And I'm getting off on a tangent here. It's about ash's mom but then she says that she wants a mom because she doesn't have a mom anymore because her mom disappeared a long time ago which is a pokemon way of saying her mom's dead um you know just a nice way for kids although i think they just should have just said she was dead to kind of introduce reality a little bit more but she has no mom and she wants a mom and she sees ash's, ash's mom on tv and says I, I want that and Entei goes and gets her and then ash's mom is like well i'm gonna do the best i can in this situation and i will be motherly to this girl even though she's not my actual child she's a, a daughter of a friend but she is a mother, not just to Ash, but to that young girl as well. Which cool. Ash's mom is not my pick, but we just talked a bunch about her. You, you <laughs> More gave than me an idea, pick. though. Entei, top dads. Top, June, yeah. you gave me an idea, man. <laughs> Thanks for that. All right. Um, is it back Lisa? To I think it might be. I, I'm just, just looking this up because I, I figured I'm Lash was sure, just I'm doing sure nonsense. Ella. I, I'm seeing Lisa on okay, Lisa sounds on close. I was close. Yeah, I, for once, Lash was actually close. Yeah. I mean, kinda. Yeah. I wasn't super far off. Yeah, but your intentions were still just to make stuff up. Austin, you go. Okay, so <laughs> I, I think I'll I'll use the serious one uh, for my the uh, one of my main ones. Uh, so I'll use Anakin's mom. Okay. Yeah. Good so, choice. uh, my memory of episode one isn't as good as it used to be. It's been a long time since I've seen it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, being, uh, le letting your kid go and, uh, to become a Jedi while you are still into slavery, I mean, that's, that's a pretty good mom there. Yeah. She was very good. That's a good point. Yeah, I didn't even think of her. One of the better moms in that universe. Yep. All right, Lesh. All right, so I am the Marvelous Marvel guy, but I you could also say that I'm kind of the Disney dude. So I had to have a Disney character on my list. I was thinking really hard, like, okay, there's got to be somebody that I can use. And I was, I was actually really struggling with this. But then... 
then I remembered this character and this movie, and I was like, oh no, this she would be perfect, and she would come in really high on this list. Um, I went with uh, Kala from Tarzan, uh, Tarzan's uh-huh. gorilla mother. Um, yeah, obviously, good after she loses her um, her actual or her son uh, early on in the movie, she adopts Tarzan. Um, I think, and you know, despite him being different, um, she continues to kind of raise him as her own. Um, and I think that just that bond between them, I think, really is kind of, in a way, like the heart of that movie, right? Like we, I mean, we know the books. Like Tarzan in the books goes back to live with the humans, but in the in the Disney movie, stays with the gorillas, um, mainly because I think that relationship with his mom is just so incredibly sweet and you'll be in my heart that's a that's it's a sweet moment all right it's, yeah, it's so cute it's an excellent movie about adoption yeah exactly um so yeah uh she is my disney pick and she's also my number two so cool yeah my next pick is martha kent another adoptive mother all right um martha kent and all media just like atlanta and all media but especially in the dc films universe um, I have an interesting quote from Batman v Superman that of when she was talking to Clark. It's not and Martha. It's really is interesting. It? What was that? It's not Martha, is it? No, <laughs> it, it's uh, something that Martha said, and it's um, really interesting because um, it's a, a little monologue. She's, I think it was she was talking on the phone with Clark, and she has this thing that she says, and it's excellent advice that she gives to Clark. And she actually speaks 32 words, sighs, and then speaks 32 more words. I don't know if there's any meaning behind that. I just thought it was interesting that she splits her sentence directly in half with a sigh. Here it is. People hate what they don't understand, but they see what you do, and they know who you are. You're not a killer, a threat. I never wanted this world to have you. Be their hero, Clark. Be their monument. Be their angel. Be anything they need you to be, or be none of it. You don't owe this world a thing. You never did. Damn. And I just thought, like, that's good advice from a mother. Yeah. Do the right thing. Whatever you do, do the right thing. But in what you do, as long as it's the right thing, do what's right for you. Don't force yourself to do something just to please other people. Do as long as it's the right thing. Do what's right for you. Man. I just I was like, oh, that's that's good good advice. I'm, I'm crying over here, man. That's oh man. All right, before we move on to our last pick, Austin, you said you had an honorable mention. Yeah, so uh, a little obscure for for you guys probably, but on YouTube, um, there there was this group called the Creatures. And uh, they were a group of, uh, it was a, a gaming group that uh, uh, was popular in the, the early to mid-2010s, and they've since disbanded. But uh, there was one, uh, one guy in that group that is still doing YouTube and Twitch stuff, and he, had a, uh, he has a very popular uh, channels still, and... The, uh, his name is Uber Hexler Nova. Uh, his real name's James, but he has uh, his mom is featured in honestly more videos than I've realized. But uh, and then there's a whole compilation of uh, 122 minute or um, an hour and 22 minutes just of his mom, and it's basically 
it's probably somewhat of a character, but also she's just really, uh, she's one of those moms that's like, um, she makes fun of them and like she, she doesn't take any crap from them. Uh, and it, it, it's an interesting dynamic. It's pretty funny. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I also have an honorable mention. Oh, go for it. Um, I went with, uh, my honorable mention is Andy's mom from Toy Story. Oh, Yeah. Good honorable mention. Any specific reason or just enjoy it? Uh, no, I just feel like she's always... I, she reminds me of my mom, so that's kind of why I picked her. Um, but, um, yeah, I think I think she... It, it's cool she's a single mom, and she's like... She has a pretty nice house, man. Like, it's pretty dope. <laughs> she does well for herself. Yeah. Way to go, Andy's mom. <laughs> oh, and uh, she rescues uh, one of the toys at one point, too, I think. I've, I've been a while since I watched those movies. Cool. All right. Well, we're down to our last pick, and I doubt we all picked the same thing, but I thought it'd be funny if we all said our pick at the same time. Okay. You want to try that? Sure. So three, two, one, and then say it. Ready? Here we go. Three, two, one. Let's just my mom. mom. Wait. I'm co- wait. I'm confused. <laughs> wait. What just happened? <laughs> <laughs> what did Austin say? He said my mom. Right? Is that what you said? Thanks, yeah. man. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I'm to tell you said that, dude. Thanks. Appreciate on, it. Well, then I'll, I'll, we say say mom. Mom. I'll say Austin's mom is my pick. <laughs> well, my favorite mom is my mom, helping me to get where I am now. Um, obviously, my, my dad helped raise me a lot, too. I was lucky enough to grow up with both parents. But my mom had a huge impact on it, helping to um, shape me into the person I am today and continue to shape me throughout um my future i can see happening as well um helping me to be strong in um my confidence even though i don't have the best of confidence at times helping me to be strong in my care for others and in my faith so my mom is my favorite mom uh my my mom i I just gotta say my mom puts all puts up with me so much and all my shenanigans because i'm like pretty crazy and don't like to be productive and i like to chill out and stuff so my mom puts up with me a lot so i thank her for that she's also the person that whenever i want to watch a movie and no one wants to watch with me she's she always goes with me so thanks mom cool (laughs) now i see why austin chose your mom Mm -hmm. (laughs) exactly yeah so uh i'm not gonna say much about my mom just because i'm not that type of person uh, but yeah, my mom's great, and uh, a lot of the similar things you guys said. I mean, she's supportive and loving, stuff like that. Cool. Awesome. Feel you. Cool. But then right, I well, think I... it's fair to say that the top, top mom is Miss Skylar White. Uh, so congratulations to her for being the best mom out there. Joshua has left the chat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, I think we can finish up there, knowing that Lesh is speaking lies again. Um, let's see. Um, we had to finish out, and we forgot to write the outro, so I'm going to be doing it from memory. You can reach out to us on Facebook, BitChute, and YouTube. Just search for The Comic and Culture Cast. Uh, you can also leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts. Please do so. It helps to boost our ratings so others can see us. Um, please be honest in your reviews as well. Don't just leave us a five-star review because we're awesome 
If you think we deserve four stars, give us four stars. If you think we deserve three stars, give us three stars. If you think we deserve two or one stars, give give us at least three stars, please. Um, <laughs> all right, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do the Twitter stuff, but I'm gonna do it in my like Jesse Pinkman impression. All right. Oh boy, so, go for it. Twitter, yo, like you got no. That's more like uh, what's his face? Um, skinny, skinny, skinny Pete or something. Skinny Pete, yeah. Yeah, Twitter, yo, you gotta follow us. Now. I'm at Lesh is more. I'm at Joshua Comics. And I'm at Broski of the Week with the O's and Zeros. Cool. Um, that was so bad. Yeah. Well, thank you for not using the profanity like, oh, <laughs> like Jesse I, does. Do you want me to? No. Remember, we're family-friendly say show. It. We're not family-friendly? Okay, I'll say We that. are. We, <laughs> and then Bradley. What's Bradley's? He's not here, but oh, we should uh, still say it. Uh, Loremaster Brad. So there are all of our Twitters. You can reach out to us. And... um. Also, remember, BitChute and YouTube, we're uploading videos every so often. I'm actually thinking about this summer, uploading more. I want to do a complete playthrough of Pokemon Red, where I talk about it as I go through it. And I think that'd be really fun if I recorded that and uploaded that. I'm not sure if anybody would be interested, but it's something I'm thinking about doing this summer. And I so. will do a complete playthrough of Pong. <laughs> so, uh, if you want Please that, do. you know, tweet at me. The commentary on that is going to be exciting. Oh, yeah. Can I, I add something? Dropped. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so uh, as a member of r slash prequel memes, um, I would implore all of you to go to the uh, the Rotten Tomatoes uh, sort of movie tournament going on right now where they're basically doing uh, polls on a whole bunch of uh, summer blockbuster movies, and we're trying to get all of the Star Wars movies to be the top four. Uh, so yeah. Vote for the Star Wars movies over the Marvel, uh, Back to the Future, uh, DC movies, and everything that's currently there. Wait, what? Wait, wait. Top four Star Wars movies. Yeah. Like what? Wait, like so? What are the? But there's. No, there, more... it's. Wait, I'm confused. No, so the it's a it's a. Uh, uh, I see. Oh, I see. You call, it's like a bracket. You call it like a two bracket uh, single. Oh, I see. Tournament. I see. I see. I see. Yeah. I get it now. Because I was like, there's way more than four. Or I was like, if you want the, the original trilogy is three. Okay, whatever. Whatever. Some of these are going to be tough, I get it though. Now. If yeah. Interesting. I'm looking think, at it now. I think all of the uh, all the Star Wars ones are still beating their their rivals at the moment. Oh. I think Titanic's going to win though. Titanic, I don't even know if it was in there, but it's not there anymore. Well, I, I bet. I'm going to bring it back. All right, and so I guess we're done. Uh, since Bradley's not here, should uh, Austin do his line for the thing? I think Austin should just be our outro. Austin, say something to end the podcast. If you like magnets. All right, Hail Hydra. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>